We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Derek Larger, Cody Fugger joining me as always. Guys, we're talking some more draft content here. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about the wide receiver groups and, you know, what the Colts could potentially do at that spot and whether or not they're going to draft one in the second round. We'll talk about the third round, go on, so on and so on. So, but we're going to kind of break it down just a little bit more, talk about a few of these guys and see if you guys can see our logic and who we want to potentially get at certain spots. We'll kind of just hop into it here, Cody. So I mentioned it to you that there's five bona fide guys that we know for a fact that the Colts will most likely not even come close to getting. Uh, that would probably be Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Drake London, Traylon Burks, and Chris Olave. Uh, those are the guys that, you know, are bona fide first rounders. Everyone talks about them. That's just how it's most likely going to go down. Now, the next few guys afterwards, it really depends on the, the latter. But, you know, what? which guys go first in front of the other, I don't know at this point. But we'll kind of break it down here. So the first three guys that I think could go early second, or uh, into like mid-second, and that is guys like Jahan Dotson out of Penn State, George Pickens out of Georgia, or Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Out of these three guys, who do you think gets picked before each other? Who who do you think gets picked first there? Yeah, yeah. I would think that uh, Dotson might be maybe more what the Colts are looking for, you know, because they already do have that bigger guy in Michael Pittman Jr. He's 6'4". They drafted Mike Strawn last year, who's really big as well. So you, you maybe Jahan Dotson for that reason. He's also versatile as a kick returner too, right? I'm thinking he might be the one that goes early. But, you know, you did mention uh, Christian Watson. I think it could be a riser, right, for a lot of guys that uh, maybe he was ranked a little bit lower, you know, to start the mock drafts, and he's kind of climbed up the boards a little bit, and he's gained a little bit more traction. Um, so I could see him potentially sneaking up and being ahead of these two guys. But, you know, I'm just going to stick with Dotson just because of his versatility. Um, and you, you just mentioned it. Like, he had, you know, almost 100 catches last year for double-digit touchdowns at 1,100, almost 1,200 yards. So, uh, and just with the injury, you know, 
concern potentially. I don't know if it's concerned anymore, but you know, if George Pickens with that ACL, um, maybe that would kind of push him down just a tad bit below these guys, but can't go wrong. I, I think with any three of these guys, but so I'd probably go Dotson and then I go Watson and then I go Pickens. Well, I mean, for me personally, I think it's Watson that's actually going to get above these guys because, you know, I think what they're thinking of now is the big play potential from Watson. Again, sure. a guy that's 6'4 and is over 200 pounds that can run a 4'4 or quicker and has explosive power like no, nothing we've seen from a guy that size. You know, I think his RAS score uh, is actually the best RAS score that we have ever seen from a wide receiver coming out of college. And this is a guy that's 6'4". I mean, this is a guy that just is a matchup nightmare for any corner on the field and has the athletic ability to boot, right? So, you know, sure. ultimately the question is, you know, I don't even, I'm not even going to say the player experience because that's not something that's, uh, or who he's playing against. We, that gets disproved all the time. It's just a matter of, yeah, he's a, he's actually, ironically enough, he's actually a senior. So I can't even say the experience is there. You know, it's just fine tuning a few of those things, right? It's getting to have him to adapt to the NFL level. He's got all the athletic ability to boot. I think that Jahan Dotson might actually get picked before Pickens just simply due to the fact Dotson with a lot more experience coming out. He's yeah. a guy that, again, has that experience. He has the ball skills. The, the tape speaks for itself. Pickens, no disrespect to Pickens. I think Pickens is exactly the kind of guy that the Colts are looking for because he is he's a very strong uh, receiver. He dominates in the run blocking game. Uh, that's exactly what the Colts always look for in their wide receivers. And he can go up and get the ball. I mean, he's 6'3", 200 pounds. So he's almost the same size as Watson. Now, if you had to choose between these three guys, if all three of these guys were available at 42, or say the Colts move up like four spots, like what they did in 2020 to go get Jonathan Taylor, if any of these guys are there, who is the one that you are picking? I mean, clearly for me, it's Watson, just because this is a stat that stuck out to me, Derek. Uh, last year, you know, being 6'4", 210, you want to know how many yards per reception he had? Absolutely nuts. 20.4 yards per reception, <laughs> which was absolutely crazy. That That's huge. He's a big play waiting to happen, man. And for a team like the Colts, who last year, were ranked really low in that category, the, the fit makes a ton of sense there. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's why I think that the uh, Christian Watson argument is probably going to get him moved up a lot of draft boards because, you know, the big play potential with a guy that size and a guy of that potential ability is just through the roof. And I think somebody is going to, I think somebody is going to potentially uh, take a chance on him versus you know, guys like Dotson and Pickens. So that makes a lot of sense. And then when you go past that tier, you know, we now get into the late, uh, the mid or late second round guys. Honestly, it, it comes down to a couple guys like David Bell and Sky Moore. Uh, David Bell and Sky Moore have had their names thrown around a lot because Sky Moore, who is an athletic guy, he can play on the outside and play on the inside. You know, is, a, is not... Super small, but, you know, comes from Western Michigan, very productive 2021, playing in the slot and on the outside. So you have that versatility there. And then David Bell, who 
215 pounds. Dude's built like a tank. Not an athletic guy at all, really, when you look at the athletic scores and tests done on him. But the tape speaks for itself. The guy can create separation. The guy can make contested catches. He has great hands. You know, he's a smart player. I would say he's, in my opinion, I, I know that this isn't a great comp, but it he is a lot like a T.Y. Hilton who just kind of knows how to find spots in the zones and knows how to get open. He's not athletic like T.Y. Uh, is or once was, but he's yeah, a guy a that can bigger. still get open. Yeah, a little bit bigger than T.Y. You know, body comparison, no. Uh, but I think you're right in that. You hit it on the head. Like, there's just some guys that just know how to get open, right? Mm-hmm. And he just seems like he's one of those guys. Uh, Sky Moore was a guy that initially on my mock draft 1.0, I had the Colts picking first. Mm-hmm. Um, so between these two guys, I think Sky's, Sky Moore is my guy because interesting stat on Sky Moore, or not a stat, interesting little tidbit on Sky Moore. He actually was a quarterback um, in high school. He actually was an option quarterback, right? So he ran the ball a ton, um, and he played some DB as well. So he's got the ball skills, man, no doubt about it. And and also you think about, I mean, no disrespect to Western Michigan, but who the heck's throwing him the football, right? Mm-hmm, uh, right. And he still ends up with 51 catches for 800 yards in, in 2019, right? Um, and then last year he had 95 catches for nearly 1,300 yards and 10 scores. Um, <laughs> one thing that was interesting, Derek, this guy can get yak like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sky Moore's a guy. He had 26 broken tackles after the catch in 2021. Yeah, he's that's, elusive. That's insane, bro. That's yeah. insane. That led the FBS um, for wide receivers last year. So, yeah. I mean, this dude is big. Uh, he's, you know, he's nearly 200 pounds. So he's about Paris Campbell's size, which he's not small at all. Um, but he's also seems to be very strong and athletic. So yeah, I, uh, man, I would absolutely love to get a sky more in this, in this wide receiver room, man. Cause he can do so much for you. He's obviously got the speed he understands. And then you talk kind of what you talked about with David Bell. I would think in the same way, sky Moore playing DB he knows DB's tendencies, right? He knows how that position is played. Um, so he can exploit that, you would think, right? So, uh, yeah, overall, um, if he's still there in that late second round, I would not be opposed to trading up to get him at all. And because- it's kind of a funny story. I mean, a lot of people have even had him, you know, moving up a lot of boards. A lot of people even right. have him, you know, as a early uh, or mid to second round guy because, you know, the potential is there. Because of the athletic ability, the production is there. Like you said, coming from Western Michigan, who's throwing him the football? And he's still able to he's able to dominate games the way that he did. I mean, you look at freaking Corey Davis from uh, many, many years ago. I mean, the dude was from the same school, Western Michigan. And then, yeah. you know, was the number five overall pick, was the number one receiver taken in the draft that year. I thought he was going to be the third or fourth one. Turns out to be the number one. You know, these these boys can come out of nowhere. And, you know, that's what's going to probably set David Bell back is, you know, the athletic ability isn't quite there. David Bell could probably comfortably be a guy that you could maybe take at, I believe it's 73, that if the Colts felt that they need to move back to get a wide receiver and they didn't feel the right one was there and they felt David Bell could be one of them, maybe that's the case. But we're going to talk about a few other wide receivers here that could potentially be that third pick for uh, that third round pick for us. If the Colts went a different route at 42 or moved up or whatever, uh, 
here's a couple of guys that we can mention. First one being, um, I'll separate him from the other two or three names that I want to mention. Um, and that is Alec Pierce, uh, from Cincinnati. Now this guy has been a draft crush for a lot of people over the last few weeks. Um, People were kind of talking about Alec Pierce a little bit. You know, guys got great size, 6'3", 210 pounds. You know, he's built almost like Julio Jones in a way, right? But at the same time, this guy also can run a 4'3". So, you know, this guy showed his athletic ability, has a 40-inch vertical to boot. So this guy not only has the size, but has the explosiveness and has the athletic ability to beat you in any way possible. Um, I mean, there's still comps about whether or not he can actually uh, develop into a true wide receiver at the position because, you know, some of his uh, route running can still use some work. But how how likely do you think it is that he gets picked uh, before the Colts get to number 73? Do you think it goes higher than that? I don't actually. Um, I do think he's he's slept on enough where he will still be there when the Colts do pick. Uh, but I think that could be a sneaky good pick. I mean, you know, we talk about all these other guys, how they're physically gifted. Alec Pierce is a guy um, who is extremely physically gifted, like you talked about. So, yeah, I would not be opposed at all. If he's sitting there, man, um, you know, maybe a lot of teams are sleeping on him, but I hope the Colts don't because I, I like a lot about what he does. And I know you had him dra- you know, mocked in your mock draft to the Colts and, you know, people didn't really like it, but I think he's a player that a lot of people um, maybe are not giving the proper credit that maybe he deserves. Yeah. I would be excited about him if he's still there in that third round. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I know a lot of people, especially in Colts world, have been talking about Alec Pierce because he fits the mold of a Ballard wide receiver for sure. Um, We'll see how much the uh, combine and the pro days have been helping him. We're going to find that out. Uh, and then here, let's talk about some slot guys real quick. So, yeah. uh, we got two guys that really come to mind here. That is John Michi, the third from Alabama and Wandale Robinson from Kentucky, two guys that have completely different play styles for how they get their, their stats. But Cody, I mean, both of these guys extremely productive at their schools. I mean, John Michi, even with. Jamison Williams taking the forefront of, you know, everybody talking about Jamison Williams, big playability, right? John Michi is the guy that's getting all the underneath stuff. I mean, I think he had 90 catches with Alabama in 2021, had over a thousand yards and still had uh, 11 touchdowns to match. So, you know, this guy had the ability to make a lot of those plays that the Colts are really looking for. They're looking for the guy that can make those possession plays. But then if you want a guy that is like basically Naheem Hines 2.0 out on the outside, Wandale Robinson is the guy. Oh my goodness. His shiftiness, his ability to juke people out. It's amazing that, uh, that Sky Moore actually had more broken tackles than Wandale Robinson. Wandale, I think actually just isn't breaking tackles. He's just making people miss because his, his quickness and his feet, when he gets the ball out in the open field, you you need to get a hand on him quickly because he is just so good at making plays after the catch. I mean, again, both of these guys, relatively small. 
uh, guys that would most likely play in the slot for us. But what do you think about guys like Michi and Wandale Robinson? I mean, really, uh, I mean, obviously you got Naheem Hines. We'll see how they use him. But, I mean, you don't really have um, a guy that can line up in the slot and and do it super effectively, right? I mean, you have a couple guys you could maybe throw in, you know, Paris Campbell um, or, you know, fill in the blank. I don't even know. Ashton Doolin maybe. But you don't really have that legitimate guy. Like, you know, I look at it kind of like, you know, you got your guy on defense in the slot and Kenny Moore, like he's your guy. You don't have necessarily a guy that's a weapon in that aspect. You know, I mean, Naheem Hines, if he used, but he hasn't been used in that way as at this point. So unless they don't, unless they do start using Naheem Hines a lot more in the slot, um, they need to, I think they just need more, you know, guys, that you just get the ball in their hands and let them do work, you know, and they, they have a couple of them, but I think they just need more, especially with the unreliability outside of Michael Pittman. Uh, you just need some more guys. You need a guy that can compliment Pittman well, and you haven't really found that guy quite yet. So, yeah, um, I, I think Michi for me would be the guy that I would be most intrigued about. Obviously there's that injury, you know, the injuries are a concern, but you're right. Even with Jamison Williams on the other side, the dude still uh, was phenomenal last season. So, uh, insane in the last seven games, what he was able to do, Derek. I mean, he had 62 catches for nearly 800 yards and six touchdowns in seven in the seven games he played, the final seven games. So this dude's productive, man. And, you know, it's kind of like, are you willing to, I guess my question would be, are you willing to take the risk knowing you've had a guy that suffered some injuries, some serious injuries uh, the first couple of years in the league? Are you willing to potentially take that chance again? Um, and get a guy that's talented. Talent's not a question. It's just availability is potentially a question. Right. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I would absolutely just love to see Wandale Robinson on this offense because, you know, I could just see him being the guy that just opens the playbook for you even more because, you know, you can use him in a multitude of ways. You can use him in the quick screen game. Uh, you know, the NFL has been trying to do a lot of that, you know, when it's second and short and you just want to see Wandale make a few guys miss out on the outside, or if you want to mix him up with Hines, you know, having those two really sneaky, fast, shifty guys out on the field, really, it, it opens it up more for, you know, you're going to have a lot more DBs out on the field that maybe can open some things up for, you know, a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who's running the football, you know, it's, it allows him to have more space there in the middle. You know, I just think Wandale is a guy that he is just somebody that you always have to keep an eye on because if you don't watch him, he is just somebody that's going to burn you so quickly and he can do it in the middle of the field. He can do it at the line of scrimmage before he even gets a chance to take off. So I, I really like that idea of him. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like Wandale could potentially still be available in round four, if I'm being completely honest. I don't know about that. I don't know. I, was I think that he at... would probably be third at latest for me because, okay. again, just the, I know it's a slot guy sort of thing, but, you know, for a guy like Wandale, just what his, his skill set is different from a lot of these guys. Sure. I mean, that's the difference. Yeah, but I, I kind of look and there's still some other guys that at least the, the couple sites that I've looked at, they have him, you know, ranked a little bit lower than I think. I think you're a little higher on him than a lot of people are. So I wonder if it's the same way uh, with the, you know, the the GMs and stuff, if he could potentially fall. I do wonder. There. 
yeah, I do wonder. It's, it's just interesting. He's rated the 18th best receiver um, on, on Sports Illustrated, which is interesting. Hmm. CBS NFL actually ranked them as him as the uh, the 12th ranked wide receiver in the group. Yeah. So it's a crap shoot. because he know. was kind of at that nine or ten spot before uh, before combine and pro day and stuff kind of came out. He mm-hmm. was kind of near that fringe top 10 group. And now it seems to have slowly went down a little bit. Just wonder if that, I don't know if that's just on him. I think it's just that a couple of other wide receivers like Alec Pierce and Calvin Austin yeah. and Christian Watson, you know, guys like that, that are, you know, showing yeah. their athletic ability to match their body types is kind of, you know, because you know, who doesn't want a guy that's six three and can run a four three versus a guy like Wandale Robinson who can run a four four five, but he's only five eight, a hundred and eighty. So, you know, it's, right. it, there's a complete difference there. Right. And I wonder if that size will be his detriment, you know, in terms of where he is taken. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, heck, TY was a third round pick, right? And you we all saw what that turned out. I think the question was his size and durability. And for the most part in his career, he's he's actually done a well, really well, good job of of being durable and being on the field. So you just never know with those smaller guys. That's maybe you know just so for some people it it scares them off, but you know for some people they they see the talent and they don't care how big or small that person is. They see they're a very talented football player. So I could see him being in that category for sure. Do you think that Calvin Austin moves his way up into yeah. the late second, early third? The one out of Memphis that, you know, yeah. ran that four, that what, four, three at the combine that everybody blew yeah. up about? Yeah. Yeah. You see him being, you know, taken really early. Even you know, smaller maybe. than Wandale Robinson. Same height, but he's a right. buck 70. Yeah, he is small, bro. <laughs> That's small, uh, bro. That's way that smaller is. than me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you and me both, man. Uh yeah. I mean, there's I feel like there's always that one GM that's just all about speed and it doesn't matter anything else. Oh, yeah. I, there's gonna be a bunch of those this year. I mean, I did feel like that's what the motto of this draft is gonna be is the guys with the high speed are gonna end up getting the chances more than some of these other guys because you know the speed is just incredible in this draft class. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, my, it's like, it's like a freaking, uh, like it seems like every year there's a receiver or two that are taken extremely early. Like last year it was Kadarius Tony, right? Yeah. Uh, and there's always guys that are just just like, what? Like, you know, well, we may be saying, Oh, they might be a second or third round pick. And they end up going in like, ironically enough, I think Kadarius Tony's actually a great comp for Wandale Robinson. I, hmm. I see a lot of Kadarius Tony and Wandale. Cause you saw his Florida clips, just, you know, making people miss out in the open field. That's just what he does. Uh, you know, hasn't quite translated to the NFL game just yet, mainly due to the fact that he's with the giants, uh, maybe, maybe it's different for Wandale if he actually gets the right quarterback in the right scheme. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. One thing I think is for sure. Like this is an extremely deep wide receiver class. Oh, geez, so yeah, that bodes extremely well for the Colts. Right. Because I mean, even the guys that are going to be available in that third round are still could be players that could play right away and have an immediate impact. Like that's yeah. how, that's how big this is. You know, obviously Wide receivers, it might take them a little bit of time for some guys, right? Like even Michael Pittman, it took him a year, you know, to really get 
you know, to where he is today. And so I'm not going to like say that any of these guys that they pick are going to be boom right away. They're a thousand yard receivers, you know, but Mm -hmm. um, I think the great thing is like with this draft, you have guys that I think Derek, if this was any other draft, if it was a normal wide receiver draft, some of these guys that are going to be there in that second or third round, they could be first round to fringe first round talent. Uh, And that's crazy, you know? And I think that's maybe why the Colts have elected to, kind of stay pat right now at wide receiver because I know this class is just going to be absolutely amazing, right? It's going to yeah. be an incredible class. It's going to be almost 2020 class all over again. You know, maybe yeah. not that extreme because that was an extremely good class, but you know what I mean? Like, it's a good oh, class yeah. all the way around. Yeah, so. even if you – you could potentially double dip in this draft with how deep it is. I mean, going second, maybe even fourth round as well, uh, going back to – almost back to back with the wide receivers because there's – a bunch yeah. of guys that, you know, could still slip. Uh, I think yeah. one receiver, and if you have a name with this as well, I'll uh, I'll let you do it as well. But I think there's one name. We can talk about one name that I think will slip. Uh, and that's a name that I think a lot of uh, draft boards have him as like in the top 15 wide receivers. Me personally, I don't see this guy getting drafted before the uh, third round at all. And that is Justin Ross. Uh, from Clemson, uh, 6'4", 205. So he's just as built as any of the rest of these uh, top wide receivers. I just think the ultimate issue you have with Justin is, you know, there's been some issues with, you know, the athletic abilities. Uh, I think that the unfortunate thing is he's not a, uh, he's not quite the athlete of somebody of a Christian Watson or a George Pickens or something like that. I know he's, he was productive with, uh, with Clemson when, you know, Trevor Lawrence was there, but then his junior year, he kind of fell off a little bit, you know, didn't quite have the same seasons and, uh, you know, just really didn't seem like quite the same guy. Um, obviously that's, that's going to happen when you go from possibly the greatest college quarterback that we've ever seen versus, you know, what Clemson turned into in 2021. But, you know, I think Justin Ross could be a guy that will slip even though, I think he's got great ability to show that he can be a good wide receiver. I just think that, you know, what happened in 2021 verse and also with a relatively bad athletic score, I think it's going to drop him. Yeah. Is it like, I mean, maybe it's probably not, you know, apples to apples here, but like, is it kind of potentially like a Deion Kane situation where, you know, he loses his maybe, and maybe he probably deserves it more than Deion Kane did, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where he's, he's, you know, a lot of people say, man, this guy's going to be one of the top receivers. And then he has kind of a down year, you know, he loses his quarterback, all that stuff. Um, and he drops, he falls, he slips a lot in the draft. Could you, could you see that potentially happening? Like a, kind of a similar situation to that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Justin Ross could uh, easily fall to the, uh, to the late third, uh, early fourth. You know, I think this is a guy that, again, he, he he's had a issue with, you know, losing his best quarterback, obviously, and the production's going to slip a little bit. But even then, you know, when he was, he was never truly the number one wide receiver ever at Clemson, uh, no matter what year it was, even outside of this last year at times, he wasn't because he missed some games. But either way, I mean, Justin Ross still was able to be productive even amongst that. So, you know, kind of got a little bit of the John Michi treatment, even though he wasn't quite as productive. But yeah, I think Justin Ross could definitely be a guy that, again, if some of the, if all the speedy guys are taken up out of the way and 
Ballard has already dipped into the speedy guy category in the second round, then maybe Justin Ross is a guy that, you know, Ballard could sneak back in in the fourth round if he's still there. Then, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it because he's got a good body and he definitely was productive. Just think that he needs to fine tune a few things. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's like just give give Reggie Wayne more guys to mold, basically. Exactly. Exactly yeah. right. Well, uh, do you got anything else on this wide receiver group before we call this thing? No, I think we said it. It's a good group of wide receivers in this draft. Would not be surprised at all if the Colts double dipped in these first couple rounds and got a couple more guys to to just help really help out Matt Ryan. Um, I would not be opposed to that at all. Right. It will depend, obviously, what they do in free agency. I think there still is a small possibility that they do sign some guy, whether that's a Jarvis Landry, if his price comes down significantly, or if it's, you know, a Julio Jones situation where they sign him on a prove it deal or something. But I do think, yeah, I think either that second round or third round pick, uh, the Colts are probably going to take a wide receiver. I think they almost have to, at this point, they've done absolutely nothing in free agency to address it. And they haven't brought back, They've lost two guys at their wide receiver room. So it's it's seeming like all signs are pointing to the draft. This is where the Colts are going to go. So I think it's a good idea that we're looking at this now and kind of talking about some of these guys because odds are one, if not two of these guys are probably going to be Indianapolis Colts in a couple in, in a month or so. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys again so much for tuning in. Let us know your thoughts. Who are some of the wide receivers in the NFL draft that you think the Colts are going to look to get? Thank you guys again so much. And as always, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.